fast you were going. What? How fast you were going. I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast. If you're easily offended, get your panties twisted into a knot. Leave now. Run in your safe space. Get your little cloth for your tears. All the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and his guest and do not reflect the opinions of any local or government agency. Welcome to Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Iceman. Before we introduce the guest here, which we got special guest today, we're going to do the housekeeping out of the way because I almost plum forgot about some of y'all, which uh, I'm going to apologize for, but I didn't forget because I just remembered. We're going to get the Patreons out the way real fast. People that are helping me pay some of my bills. Uh, we're just doing the clubhouse members because uh, this is a Sunday episode. We got Mr. Hoppy Hoppison, our favorite truck driver. We have Mr. Christopher DeMars. He is back. We have Z Palmer. We have Miss Lawrence Stimson. We have Roy Spalding. That's Roy with an S, not Roy with the P. We have our favorite girl from down under, JoJo. We have Miss Kaylee Norris, Natasha A. from Washington, and our OG uh, Clubhouse member, Melissa Holstein. Go like and subscribe. Go follow the private Facebook page, the Clubhouse. Uh, I'll have links for it in the description on the in, uh, in the description area because I know it's hard to find. You can get your merch at the Etsy store. You can go to the website www.motorcopchronicles.com and it'll bring you to the website with the merch if you want any. You can join the Patreon if you want. And if you like cigars, you know where to go. Go to mypatriotcigars.com The United States business, premium cigars, ships them out fast. If you use the promo code MOTORCOP15, you will get 15% off your entire order. Any orders over $100, you will get uh, free shipping. So, without further ado, I'm happy to announce, I actually, it's the first time I have two guests on. I'm going to say from the great state of Texas, both in law enforcement. Dad is also a motor cop, which uh, a little bit conversation beforehand believe we have probably met a couple times and just don't remember at motorcycle competition his daughter's a cop and i think if i remember correctly they got a whole bunch of other cop people in their family so i'm gonna let them introduce themselves y'all go right ahead sure um my name is Haley morrow and i am a police officer with the beaumont police department in beaumont texas and i'm joined with my dad, who is also a Beaumont PD officer, and I'll let him uh, maybe talk a little bit about himself. But also, um, yes, you are correct. Our basically our entire family's in law enforcement. So my sister is a nine one one dispatch supervisor, also with our agency, and my brother is an officer as well. He used to be with Beaumont PD, but he is now with uh, 
Chambers County Sheriff's Office also in Texas. Uh, we do get asked if my mom's in law enforcement. She's not, but she is definitely the glue that holds us together. So we are, uh, you know, a Blue Bloods family. So. And Matt. Oh, and yeah, I'm sorry. I'm also married to an officer. And he is an officer of the Beaumont PD as well. So I could imagine what y'all's holiday or just weekend dinners together discussed about. Yeah, I mean, Dad definitely thinks that um, Blue Bloods and Tom Selleck is, a, you know, the, the show Tom Selleck is in is about our family. And well, he calls me about once a month and asks me for ideas for the show. And stuff. <laughs> so, Well, if you actually have um, Tom Selleck calling you, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, well, don't be because uh, also about half of the things that come out of his mouth, you're going to have to question on their uh, accuracy. But no, Tom doesn't call it. We're going to have to fact fact check them. Yeah, fact check fake news. But um, but no, we are a really close family, and uh, you know, we all do different things at the police department, which is probably a good thing. And uh, we we get together a lot. We spend a lot of time together when our schedules allow it. And we definitely do have some interesting conversations around the table and a lot of competition on who has the better yeah. call or story or whatever. Who's or more notoriety. popular. Who's more popular. That's the topic so. of discussion. Oh, well, well it's got to be Dad because everybody loves motor comps. Well, oh, absolutely. He seems to think so, but you know, <laughs> well, he doesn't have thirty five hundred followers. I, I have to, but I have to go, you know, towards <laughs> Dad. Though. Well, I don't have a Facebook, and I don't have media, and I still have as many people that know me as she does. <laughs> so something like that. I mean, maybe not nationwide, but local. So. Hey, yeah. Hey, uh, my my name's my name's Bobby Rector. I'm I'm, I'm a motor cop with Beaumont. So, but when you uh, probably when you go to Walmart or something, you probably everybody knows who you are, right? Yeah, and uh, and that's funny you said that because my wife and I try to go really early in the morning um, or or later at night when it's and it's not it's not that I mean and it, it's not that I don't enjoy running into people. It just sometimes it gets to where. You know, a 30-minute trip to Walmart turns into an hour and 15, hour and 30 minutes. Um, so we try and go early. And I've, I live in the hometown that I was born in. So I've lived here basically all my life. Now, granted, our town has grown incredibly over the past 10 years. Um, I mean, I can remember back in the 70s when our town didn't even have a red light. And we had two restaurants, and that was it. We didn't even have a Mexican restaurant. Now we have a lot. A lot it, but is it real Mexican restaurants, or is it uh, Tex-Mex? Well, Juan's is pretty as close as to it's run. One of our restaurants is run by a Mexican family. They're all they're all Mexican family, and yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty popular. Yeah, we got a we got a food truck. Uh, not too far, the, um, some people bought uh, the grocery store, local, little, uh, local, gro- like A and G place, and uh, they put a food truck. And uh, the the husband's American, but his wife is Mexican and stuff like that. And it's like yeah. authentic. Me- it's like 
real Mexican food. It's not like Tex-Mex yeah. at all. And first time, and he'd tell you, look, look, you ain't getting, you know, you're not going to get the local Tex-Mex stuff. Just going to taste different. So Right, yeah. But yeah. when you can go to a place and order a uh, taco with cow tongue in it, you know, right. you're there, right? Yeah, or tamales made with cow head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> she's shaking her head over there. Now, Tex-Mex, <laughs> your cholesterol points go up about three, maybe three, maybe four. But with like real Mexican food, like the authentic, like that, you go up six, eight points on your cholesterol after each meal. Well, you gotta, you gotta watch it because the, yeah. the, the, well, <laughs> I, I'm not very PC, but if you don't think the Hispanic people, they're Mexican. Uh, they're from Mexico. Oh, yeah. They're from Mexico. They're Mexicans. I'm from America. I'm American. It's like if you're right. from France, you're French or whatever. I don't. It's, I'm not trying to be racist, but the Mexican people. I, I bought some. Uh, I told the story before, but I went to the little local store. It's Mexican now, and uh, they had these watermelon like popsicles, and watermelon is <clears throat> delicious. And to have a watermelon popsicle would even be more delicious. Well, yeah. it's not good when you don't read Spanish or whatever. Right. Because I got home and I was going to eat me one of these delicious watermelon popsicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know who in the hell thinks it's a smart idea to put, like, hot pepper spicy shit oh, inside yeah. of my sweet, delicious popsicle. But they right. did. They they did. Yeah. And it's well, just, that- it's not right. And. The next, every time I go there now, the lady behind the counter, I look at him like, does this shit got peppers? Because <laughs> it's like yeah. they put peppers oh, yeah. in everything. Everything, yeah. Well, I used to, I used to run a, I used before I was a cop, I was a structural steel uh, superintendent. Where I ran a big field steel fabrication shop, and I had a Hispanic guy that worked for me, one of the best guys, one of the best workers I've ever known and I've ever had. He was one of my fitters. And I, I, you know, when I first met him and hired him, I, I referred to him as being Hispanic, and 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 he's he was not offended, but he set me straight. He said, "I'm not Hispanic. I'm Mexican," and uh, you'd be surprised how many true Mexicans they don't want to be called Hispanic. They're from Mexico. Oh, yeah. They're proud of their heritage. Very proud of their heritage. And he won't. He said, "You're from America. You're an American. I'm from Mexico. I'm Mexican." You know, um, uh, he said, I don't know of any country named Hispanic. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> so, would you be in a, a – I, I actually found you because I ran across one of your lives on Facebook. Uh, right. So, how is that? I see you do – you do a lot of – I've seen you taking a lot of pictures and stuff like out in the community and – you're not just sitting around like waiting for new stuff to hit. You're actually like almost like a community cop also besides just being the public information officer. Yeah. So um, I began at Beaumont PD in 2014, in January 2014. And everyone has to do two years on patrol. So I did that. Um, always. I mean, I grew up being a police officer's daughter and uh, always just admired law enforcement in general and then decided that I wanted to go to the police academy, which dad wasn't super excited about, but pretty much told him that, you know, well, I was, I was trying to decide between being a teacher and being a police officer. And 
you know, he definitely wanted me to go to the teacher route, but my brother had gone a year before me, had gone to the police academy a year before me. I wrote out with doubt when I was 18 and I absolutely loved it. I just loved the, you know, the brotherhood and the camaraderie and just what law enforcement stood for in general. So of course I decided to, to do that. And uh, so after two years in patrol at BPD, you can put in for a specialized unit. So I had always grown up just really admiring, you know, in our area, there were two female uh, PIOs who were always like doing Crime Stoppers and always on the news. And I thought, oh, that might be something I want to do. But even when I was on patrol, I was just super community oriented. I mean, I was one of the officers who got out of the car and played with kids in the street, you know, basketball, handed out toys every time I got a chance. So um, that's what I was passionate about. Um, so put in for the public, uh, relations unit and got it in 2016. And so, yeah, we do a lot more than just, I mean, my, my role is so much more than just PIO. It's what I primarily do, but it is community relations all the way. I mean, we, I'm the neighborhood association liaison. So we have like 14 neighborhood associations that meet, you know, each month kind of, we pull crime stats, go to the meetings really heavily involved in every aspect of the community that we can be. So uh, the way the whole Facebook thing started was after Harvey happened. That was kind of one of my first big events, I guess you could say, disasters where I was on CNN, the Weather Channel, stuff like that. And I never (sighs) thought about people watching those news segments and then going in Facebook stalking the person (laughs) and so that I got a couple of friend requests and messages and I was like oh I don't like that so I created the public page and also just I mean Beaumont is a bigger town than where I live I mean I live in a town outside of Beaumont but if you're the PIO that's I mean we're on the news at least two times a week at least and so a lot of the Facebook friend requests started, they're mostly from people who have good intentions, obviously. They think they know you because they see you on TV. But I still am really protective of my family, my kids, and so I didn't want to start accepting friend requests. So it just made it easier to create a a public Facebook profile. Ended up getting, uh, you can only have 5,000 friends, so I ended up getting at that max. So in, was the fair in May? Last year. March, May. In May of last year, I went ahead and created the page because you don't have a cap on how many followers you can have. Because I really, you know, I was in the police academy when um, the Michael Brown situation happened in Ferguson. And really, that was the first incident that I kind of watched unfold in the national news. And it really just made an impact on me um, where that narrative was really shifting as the anti-law enforcement kind of deal. And it wasn't what I felt like I knew to be the truth from being the daughter of an officer and then being in the process. I was in the Academy at that time. uh, So being in the process of becoming an officer and I was just really impacted by it and wanted to do everything that I can. Obviously I can't change everyone's viewpoint on law enforcement, but if I could just make one small impact a day or just anything like that. So, so once I created the Facebook page and started really trying to put out as much good as I could, it's just kind of gotten bigger and, you know, uh, people in the community are so nice. They, I can't go anywhere now, even Walmart or anywhere. It took about 
two and a half years for people to start recognizing me outside of uniform. And now. Don't know what I did. <laughs> oh, I was like, what happened? Okay. Um, we're still good. Yeah. Yeah. We're fine. Oh, okay. Um, but now I don't really go anywhere where people don't recognize me. And so I just, I just take my role super seriously and that any positive impact can make a difference just for law enforcement as a whole. And so that's my goal with the Facebook page. I like to do the little safety videos as often as I can. Uh, I usually do them kind of in tandem when there's a situation that happens in the city that makes the news. Um, I learned really quickly becoming a PIO, how easily I can stand up and do a 10 minute interview and one 30 second soundbite is used. And I was like, man, that wasn't even, that wasn't even the best part that the people need to hear. So I was like, you know what? Facebook makes it really easy for you to be your own spokesperson. So I just kind of started doing that. Um, she refers to herself as a public figure. No, I don't. That's oh all, my God. That, that's, I mean, that's all right. Because my wife tells me to shut up all the time. Because I said, I told my wife, I said, you know how lucky you are to be married to a pod star? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she's like, I mean, she's like, makes it really easy, she's like, you're not viral. Shut up. You're not that important. Yeah, I wouldn't consider myself viral. <laughs> I just, on Facebook, you have to choose when you're creating a page, you have to choose what it's about. And public figure was the only thing oh, that she's, made sense. She's popular. I mean, at our, at our local fair, we have a state fair here in town. Uh, all of the, uh, the, the even the, 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 um, the trailers, what do you, what do you call them? Uh, the business, the, 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 they sell the food. Uh, the vendors, food the vendors. Yeah. Oh, um, I love food. Even the ones from out of town, you know, when they get into town, you know, they start seeing her on Facebook. And when she walks by, they're like, hey, can you do a promo for us? And oh, yeah, she goes over there and takes the snapshot instead of going to this food vendor and puts it on, uh, on, the, uh, on the Facebook. And, you know, for that week, instead of making $5,000, they make $25,000. Okay, it's like, it's not know, that serious. It's, but it's I, am that a serious. I am a foodie. That's just, yeah. like, one of my things. And so at the fair, you know, people are always asking for pictures, and I like food. And I, one of the things I do at the fair is, like, try to eat all the great things. And so I was like, why not? Well, I would love to support, you know, I love to support local businesses and these are all small business people that come i want the fair to be successful and so i started going around and eating people are like try ours try ours so oh my god i gained 10 pounds over the 10 days <laughs> but it's a lot of fun and really i mean the food thing is fun but what i really like and why it reminds me to keep doing what i do is when the little kids you know run up and want to get a picture and i always have uh, actually, I probably have it in here. I always have police badge stickers, like, in my jacket. And, you know, always giving kids some yeah. stickers. And, you know, because a lot of, um, you know, when kids come in contact with officers, it's either that they're being told that we're something that we're not or my least favorite thing. I, mean, I think every cop's <laughs> least favorite I, I, thing I know is, where you're going. You know exactly where I'm going. I know where you're you, going. You, you know, see that police officer, if you don't act right, they're going to take you to jail. Yep, yep, and I, hate it. I hate it. And I give a lot of presentations throughout the year. Um, 
I mean, just to give you an idea, in the month of October, I drive a pink police car in the month of October. I'm sure you've seen the pictures. I don't know. I, how I, I did. I didn't know if that was just like some kind of weird thing you had going it's on. It's actually but. a fundraiser for the Gift of Life, which is one of our local um, organizations that help fight um, breast and ovarian cancer um, for women. And so we started it in 2019, and it's a fundraiser. So it's a vinyl wrap. It peels off the car at the end of the month, but I go, businesses sponsor it, and I go, they usually do like a two-hour event or something. I go and sit there, and all the money goes to Gift of Life, and it's just a really great PR thing, um, but in the month of October is obviously my busiest month. I worked 100 hours of overtime, wow. so lots and lots of events, but um, I give a lot of presentations, and I'm always, like, I, I always tell that story you know with kids when i'm talking to kids i'm like if anybody's ever told you that it's not true we don't take little kids to jail so but i she she she's actually in her element and over the time that she's been our public information officer she's uh i I guess you could say she's reconstructed uh the entire element of the unit because of what how much she does our chief is extremely public oriented i mean we do so many public things you know because he wants to connect he wants the police department to be connected to the public which i think is great no, I'm saying, i, I agree I'm with it i'm i'm believing not even though a lot of people don't believe it so many people that i used to work with is i'm 100 percent for community policing I mean, I've always oh, carried, absolutely. I've always carried, and I, I buy, I actually buy my own stuff, like little stuffed animals and all this other stuff and right. and all this stuff and carry it in my motorcycle and my unit. So when yeah. I come in contact with kids or especially during the summertime, I will, I'm the cop, I will drive up. If I see a bunch of people at the park barbecuing, I'm going to pull right. up, not to get the food, but I, I'm going to pull up. I see people outside in their yards, I stop. Because I feel yeah. like this, if I'm going to get out and I'm going to interact with the children, which gives me an opportunity to interact with the parents. Right. And Absolutely. let them all know that I'm not the bad guy. I, I try to right. emphasize the people, uniform guys, if, when you're out driving around in the yeah. neighborhoods, and we all know which neighborhoods I'm referring to, mm-hmm. the not nice neighborhoods. Don't just drive by and give everybody the stink eye because right. not everybody yeah. in there is breaking the law. You got some people right. that are just stuck in situations or whatever, can't afford to move. So, and those, sometimes even the people that may be breaking the law, just get out of your car and speak mm-hmm. to people. If you just drive down there and you're looking at people, they look and say, oh, he's just trying to catch us doing something. And that's basically what you're trying to do. Get out and, yeah, talk, it reinforces get out and talk to the people. The yeah, it reinforces the negative ideas that are there. And so it just, it takes officers who are willing to, you know, sometimes you have to go above and beyond to, you know, when one officer screws up, it gives us all a bad name. And so we have to kind of go above and beyond to repair that damage, even though, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily fair to us that we get, you know, yeah, I, I talk about uh, how, you know, you don't you don't see the news coverage and all that stuff on all the good stuff that cops. Oh, do. yeah. 
You're not going to see that. That's exactly why I do the Facebook page. That's exactly why I, you know, we used to do a thing several years ago when I first got into community relations. It was a partnership we had with one of the local media outlets where it was called like Good Deeds Officer of the Month. And we would highlight an officer, like a little promo commercial that ran on TV. And we would highlight an officer that did something, you know, whether it was, oh, you know, they answered a call for service where a kid's bicycle was stolen. And then they went and bought a bike with, you know, money out of their own pockets, which we know those type of scenarios where officers, I mean, officers have paid to put domestic violence victims in a hotel for the night. They they bought food for the homeless person, all, all kinds of things like that. They happen all the time that you just don't necessarily hear about, <laughs> we would try to, you know, let people know. But it's so hard because most officers don't want the attention. They don't want to tell somebody that they did it because they don't want to pat themselves on the back or that's not why they did it. Uh, but just from my position and my standpoint, and my, my views have changed a little bit over the years being in community relations because I see how much of a difference it makes by putting that stuff out there. And while some officers look at it as like, Oh, it's self promotion or, you know, you're just trying to make yourself look good. Well, no, uh, we're trying to make law enforcement as a whole look good and, and speak to the things that they do all the time. Well, nobody, nobody up until this point realizes that I carry a brand new child safety seat in the back seat of my truck. Yeah. It's not for my kid. It's not for my grandkids, but I've stopped many people that um, that I've told, you know, that didn't have a child safety seat. And I and I write them a ticket, but I tell them, if you can't afford a child safety seat, my, you know, my office number and my name is on this citation. Call me and I'll provide one for you for free. And so I carry a brand new seat in the back of my truck and it stays there uh, for that opportunity. You know, uh, I'm not trying to seek no notoriety. I don't want to pat on the back. Uh, we have a thing over here uh, where TextDot, uh, they um, they provide a 40-hour course to be a child safety seat technician. And I used to be one years ago when I first got in the traffic unit. But, um, but as busy as our unit is, it's, oh, my God, it's just crazy trying to make the recertification each year because it's, you have to go, like I had to go to Longview for the first class, and it usually ends up being another city in the state to, to keep up your certification, and I, my certification expired. And so um, we can get child safety seats from TxDOT, but you have to be a technician to get one. You do. And I just, I just don't have time for the course anymore. And so, you know, I mean, I can I can afford, you know, $50, $60 to buy a child safety seat. Yeah, because I, I don't so, know about we We got something like that here. I don't think about I guess they do. I don't know. Uh, I went to a, cl- a class feels like a million years ago and the lady with the state that I was putting it off she didn't have much of a sense of humor cause yeah. I, I'm kind of a jokester and uh, yeah she didn't like me much uh, just, okay. you, you crack yeah. well, you crack one joke and I mean it's like lady, I've been there. it was just a joke I wasn't going to really use duct tape to keep the kids secured in their car seat right. yeah. I mean it would right. take skin off I'd use masking tape instead cause exactly. I'd be more gentle on the yes. skin so, right. <laughs> exactly. And don't use, you know, don't use a a a a, a nylon rope. Reuse cotton. You know, yeah, cotton I mean, rope works good. It doesn't burn. 
Uh, and this is why he's in the traffic division. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a traffic cop. So <laughs> yeah. I know. So, I know. It's like you know. I got. You get people love, a break, and they they still call and complain on me. But our department is very public oriented. Um, we, uh, you know, twice a year we have the Citizens Police Academy. Uh, that's really cool. I teach in that, and uh, I, I've, I've been teaching in that for the past. Uh, 16 years, 17 years. What is that? that just, uh, uh, is it for like reserves or just to give the citizens some no, insight should. on what y'all do? Yeah, it's it's called the Citizens Police Academy. We hold it twice a year. We do the semesters January to May and August to December. It's one night a week, Thursday nights from 630 to 9. And uh, we do a background check just because we want to make sure that the people coming in are, you know, vetted. Uh, yeah, vetted. And we do... We, they get to hear from someone within every department unit within our agency and a couple of other agencies participate. They do a few things, but uh, it's just to give people a more realistic and accurate understanding of what we do and why we do it. We love for people to go through the course that maybe aren't on the side of law enforcement or are skeptical about us. And it's just a really, really great way for people to bust all the myths. And once, uh, like most of it's in the classroom and then towards the end, we have a couple of uh, hands-on, like uh, we go out to our training range and they get to go through practicals where they are the police officers and we role play like traffic stop, building searches, disturbances. We also have a system called the Milo system, and it's uh, one of those, like, shoot or don't shoot scenario things. I I was going to ask if y'all had one of those. Oh, yeah. Because I was going to say, because that right there with a lot of civilians, if they could go through that kind of thing, (laughs) that would open their eyes. Because I'm willing to bet that that over – probably about 90 percent of them shoot an unarmed person in in the whole aspect of it all the time and actually our agency requires us to do milo training twice Twice a year year. we have to qualify on top of our regular firearms qualification courses that we have to do quarterly or monthly if you're a rookie but um and we do the milo courses for de-escalation purposes and so the person who's controlling the milo while the officers are in um, is really controlling it based on how well the officer de-escalates the situation. And, you know, the, the controller gets to decide, you know, how it escalates or if the person gets up. But the Citizens Police Academy yeah. truly, over the past 20, 25 years we've had it, uh, and I'm not, I'm not embellishing at all, has changed the hearts and minds of thousands yeah. of people who go through that. It's a, a 14-week uh, academy. Yeah, they get to shoot out wow. of the range too if they want to, and then once drive, they, they get to drive. Well, the driving thing has gone back and forth, but I don't think oh, they've okay. done it the last couple of years. They but, did, like uh, evoc or just no? They drive our police cars. We we, we set them up in our course. pursuit course. Yeah, like well, ours is called well our driving simulating. Well, it's actually driving. It's called the evoc course where basically you're and we've got to change tires at the end of it. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, over here we call it uh, NAPD. NAPD, yeah. Yeah, we had change our tires. After they they go through it and they graduate, then they can ride out with an officer, so they can do a ride-along, which is even better because they get to really see, uh, you know, front row seat. And then once they have also graduated, they are part of our alumni association, so our Citizens Police Academy Alumni Association, 
they are mostly retired people, but some of them aren't retired. And they help us like out at the fair. They run our lost kids booth. We, we have a lot of kids who get separated from their parents out um, at the fair. And then they volunteer at like all of our cops and kids events. They have like monthly meetings and really help us with um any type of events oh, that we yeah. need you know they're just they're great they come to all of our huge supporters and of the department and, and stuff like that and then if you want to be even more involved we have a citizens in action where once you go through that you go through a little extra training and those are mostly retired people and they go out and write like um parking violations because our our officers are really busy so we don't have time to go write a handicap ticket or a fire lane violation or whatever so. that's really fun though man thank you because they get on, you know, we, we operate on four, four, four primary channels on our radio. And channel one is priority channel always. Channel two is all traffic the other stops, stuff. Case traffic numbers. stops, case numbers, call for records. But they, they're allowed to they, they talk on any channel. They can talk on one if it's an emergency. But uh, they get out on channel two and they get on the radio and they're like, voluntary 124. <laughs> We'll be out on a handicap violation writing tickets. It's like, wow, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome, man. You know? And, uh, it's a great program. They're, they're usually in their, you know, they're usually retired. They're retirement age, 60, you know, 75. And they, 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 you know, you know how we are when we get older. We can't hear and, and things go a little slower. And volunteer. What was our number? And they're still keyed up on the microphone. Volunteer. What was our number again? 124. Oh, volunteer 120. We're, we're listening. It's just, it's freaking awesome. It's crazy. So, so that's what you, you're going to be doing in a few years, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's going to be out in the parking lot right now. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when we got the new motorcycles, uh, Burmaster, we, uh, we, had, we had to push the talk on the handlebar you know yeah, that's what we have and you're a motor cop so you know how it is to you know well you can't push that button with your thumb and manipulate that clutch at the same time it's not going to happen okay well burmaster was trying it he was making a traffic stop in front of t uh, target and he's like uh 481 i'll be out on traffic and on service road in front of the target shopping center i'll be out on texas abc one two three we'll be on the service road stand by stand by wait stand by and well he's trying to hold that bike button and release that clutch at the same time and he he jumped his clutch you know i know that's what he did and he jumped his clutch the motorcycle dies and he's still killed keyed up and he's like gd son of a you know? <laughs> and and then it stops and he's like 481 did that come over the air and they're like 10 and he's like well shit i'm sorry <laughs> and i was like oh my god <laughs> But uh, it, it it happens. Yeah, it's it's good times. This our, our our citizens our citizens police academy is really great. I've enjoyed that for I think seventeen years, and I still love teaching that. Yeah, uh, I it, think that probably great. would be enjoyable. Sounds like y'all have a the chief there. We have, the really. chief is really that's one thing we love about him is being so public oriented. Even our traffic unit, we escort all of our five Ks. We usually do um, just public public wise. We usually do uh, an average of between probably forty and and fifty uh, scheduled events each year, whether it be a five k or a uh, parade or the uh, uh, cops and kids uh, Halloween trunk or treat. I mean, we do a lot of stuff. 
you know, we, we, we take our motorcycles and set up some up in static display uh, in different functions. Touch a truck, um, all kinds of stuff. Touch a truck, yeah, we go to touch a truck where we set up uh, uh, all the police cars. Of course, they, there's concrete trucks and everything else, fire trucks. Uh, the Any touch a truck of this truck year, there was probably, what, 70 or 80 yeah, displays. Wow. And it brings the kids out there, and they, they love it. And naturally, they love the motorcycle that goes woo-woo with the flashing lights. <laughs> you know? I love the parade, especially. We just had uh, some recently, you know. Some of the other guys, uh, the department I was at was bigger than the one I went to, you know, which I enjoy the smaller department better. Right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm sure. But, uh, cause I mean, everybody, I have people, you're not going to try to make rank. Nope. Don't want no more rank. Had it been there. Yeah. Got, got the, you know, the boy scout patch for it. And, uh, I don't want it no more. Uh, but one other guys looked at me and says, "Are you trying to give a high five to every child in person in the parade route?" I said, "That is my goal. That's your goal. That's yeah. my goal. Because yeah, I'll, I'll drive right next to them slow, you know, in first gear, right. and just you know barely moving and try to give high fives to every freaking single person I can." Oh yeah, we we now me and a couple of other motor guys go over. Uh, uh, we have been for years go over to Galveston and uh, work with them on their Mardi Gras. Um, but me and Bird and some of the other uh, guys in our department used to do it uh, both weekends, but now we have our own Mardi Gras, and uh, it's actually this. You know our our. One weekend Mardi Gras is the second weekend of uh, of Galveston's, but yeah, I'll, I'm trying to find a picture um, in oh, here. Oh, uh, you know, right there! You, know. you just passed it. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, I don't know if you can. Uh, you cannot. No, maybe. Yeah, uh, I can see, see it. Yeah, I can yeah. See well, it. you know, it's all about it's. You know, for me, it's all about the kids. Um, you know, and the people, you know. Who was that lady giving and, you a uh, kiss on the cheek? Oh, that, I wasn't sure if that was a lady at first. But, you weren't supposed uh, to see that. <laughs> yeah, no, she's okay. I'm kidding. You know? but he, yeah, does do well, he does do well for community relations if we can just keep his lips zipped for the yeah. most part. But. <laughs> you know, and uh, man, that's 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 what I do, you know. Uh, it's just being a motor cop. You know, he will be molested by women, uh Oh yeah, you can't hit yeah, it. Absolutely. It's the 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 bikes, the boots, and the pants. I mean, uh, yes, it is. Yeah, um, we can't talk about that. Though. But My you know, there are officers that <laughs> not to not to segue into another subject, but there just are some officers that get it. You know, like the light bulb clicks on how important community relations is and stuff like that. You know, well, the time out. To I, I try to tell them some, especially these younger ones. It's like. It's like, trust me, if these people know that you're not just out there trying to put everybody, every one of them in jail and that you're just like them, it'll make your life a lot easier and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and stuff like that when it comes to work-wise. I think, and I'm not trying to down the younger, younger generation, trust me, there's some damn good kids out there, but as great as uh, technology has been for society, it also has hurt it so bad where uh like social media, which I'm glad for it. I couldn't be talking to y'all right now, but but social media and like 
text message and all that stuff is also so bad for society because this younger generation, a lot of them don't, don't have, they don't have communication skills. No. No, they, they don't. you can't go on a call and text somebody and you, you got <laughs> to be able to use yeah. your words and a mm-hmm. lot of them are so socially awkward when it comes to that now. And it's like, yeah, they need to talk. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, my first, <clears throat> my, my third through my 10th year, 11th year, 10th year, I was a, uh, you know, field training officer. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I taught my rookies and I, and I taught my kids, you know, when you first make contact, with somebody be nice be nice every every chance you start off being nice you know if you have to go into the a-hole box get pushed there don't walk into it get pushed there you know uh, always start off being nice uh, you know i've worked with some guys you know some you know when i started uh uh 20 21 years 21 plus years ago um you know, I work with guys that started off with, you know, with the, I'm, I'm, I'm the cop and, and you're, you know, beneath me and uh, you're going to do what I say. And, uh, and, um, that just wasn't me. You know, when I went through my psychological exam, which we're not going to say much about that, uh, <laughs> uh, the psychologist literally told me, he said, this is not a pass or fail course. And uh, he said, but the last thing you need to be is a cop. And um, I was like, why? And he said, he said, you're too nice. Uh, he said, you're, but it wasn't that I was too nice, but he said, what I, what, what's going to happen with you is I was not a type A personality. You are not going to see danger. You're not going to perceive danger. You know, you're going to walk up to the guy with the gun in his hand. You want to give the guy a hug, you know, Um uh, and uh, you're just you're just not set up for it, and and that was a problem for me during my training. I nearly lost my job over that because so I, you were I, you were you were really too nice. Horrible. I was really too nice. Wow. Well, I've I, never I've never had that issue. Uh, my that's my nickname, Dice Man. <laughs> right. But uh, my safety was horrible. It really was. It was bad. You know, for the first three years, I didn't mind sitting with my back to the door. You know, but it was something after. Now we fight over that at a restaurant. <laughs> well, you got a whole after, table about, full. All of yeah, them. After, like, yeah, after. Yeah, really. A straight table. With, just, <laughs> yeah, need, all on one side facing the door. Um, you know, but after about three or four years of being a Beaumont cop, uh, you know, not starting in a small town, but starting in a bigger town, um, it was something that I that I learned. And now it's, a, for me, it's a switch. It's a click on, click off. Uh, but even nowadays, and even nowadays, like we were talking about going to Walmart earlier, when we were talking about going to Walmart, you know, here in my little hometown, I used to never, I, I wouldn't carry a gun off duty. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, ain't happening, man. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Uh, I, no, I don't even go to our local Walmart right here in our hometown without a gun. Well, you know? back in the, um, back in the eight, you know, the nineties and stuff like that, I mean, it wasn't really when I first started. I, I became full time in '95. Still wasn't that bad. I mean, right. The department I started with when we first started, we didn't even have portables. I mean, there was like four wow. of us in the entire. There's four of us in the entire 
you know, y'all have county, uh, 700, yeah. almost 800 square mile parish. There was four of us working a night shift. I mean, the same department. Wow. That, I mean, that same department now, you know, I mean, they're, they're running, you know, they're not as big as, you know, y'all, but compared to what they were, I mean, they're running like 15 just uniform guys per shift, plus the detectives and civil division and motors and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff like now. Like I said, before we first started, we didn't have portable. I mean, we right. still, you know, you know, dispatch wanted you to give them a call. You either have to go to a business or put a quarter in a pay phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you get a page, you know, they pay. Yeah. Oh, I need to call dispatch, you know. So, um, yeah, when I, when I started, we had radios that were the size of a brick, you know. As a matter of fact, a couple of our officers. I mean, you weren't, you were. Late in I, I was late. I was in 2001, but we still had a radio the size of a brick long before you what you ever saw. I mean, there were some of our officers actually used it as impact weapons. I mean, they were <laughs> like, hey, man, where's your impact weapon? It's my radio. Yeah, uh, I was that big okay. mag light. We had one of them. We used to carry them big uh, D-cell mag lights. They had like yeah, four. That sounds yeah. funny. Yeah. It's like yeah. I could, I could yeah. like reach out like across a grocery store aisle and pop somebody right. in the head with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, now everybody now they're all the officers are carrying those little uh, yeah they're like they're like you know, streamlight streamlight yeah yeah they're like four inches long yeah I mean you couldn't even throw it at somebody no you couldn't uh, even poke their yeah. eye with it it's so small it's like, come here yeah <laughs> so things, I never, things are a lot different I never carried an asp or uh, nothing like that uh, I still uh I'm I have a taser uh taser but I just still carry my my chemical weapon i usually leave my taser in my unit yeah <laughs> it's I, like I, I just i don't i i, I, I turned my i turned my taser in because uh, i took they told us they said you can carry a taser or you can carry pepper spray and you know when i first started i mean you know when you first started you're proud to wear the badge and the belt and everything and i had you know, I had two sets of handcuffs. Mm-hmm. I had three three spare magazines. I had uh, my uh, pepper spray. I had my impact weapon. I had my ring for my flashlight. Hell, I had barely had room for belt clippers because I, <laughs> when I first started, I was 155 pounds and had a 30 inch waist. You know, <laughs> and um, you know, so I barely had room. I had room for three belt keepers, and the belt weighed about 28 pounds. And now I'm. 21 years into the job 56 years old i got one set of handcuffs i got rid of my taser about 10 years ago i got pepper spray that expired in 2005 i'm down to two magazines and neither well three magazines if you include the one in the gun and none of those are full <laughs> you know <laughs> 16 round magazine i carry 12 in each one um you know, because that crap, man, now my belt's down to 21 pounds and it's still too damn heavy. I got four collapsed discs in my back. I've got a torn rotator cuff in my left shoulder, a broke humerus uh, radial at the top of my right shoulder. I got two bad knees, you know, a foot chase. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, that you sound okay. like me. I've been over the hood of two cars and uh, yeah. one of them, uh, 
Everybody's like, how's that? I said, the flying part's not bad. It's that sudden landing that, that yeah. really hurts. That last one, right. when I got ejected off the bike, I went over the hood of the car and it uh, spun me around. So I didn't know. I couldn't tell where I was at. So I just tucked up in a ball, and I landed flat on my back on the blacktop, concrete well. Oh, wow. So, and uh, Yeah, and it's like I've done, you know, I've done besides the duty belt for 27 years, been run over twice. Uh, all the other stuff I've done in my body, you know, I've been dog bit, cut, uh, you know, people bit, and all this other stuff. All that stuff has definitely paid its <laughs> took its toll on yeah. my body. It's somebody oh, say yeah. they're like you don't ride as much as you used to. I'm like yes because my back hurts a lot. Oh now. yeah, yeah. It 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 in my, in my young career, I say young. I was 33 when I started, and uh, I, I I got a late start. And um, but you know. Up until that time, I like I say, I was in the steel industry, and I worked at a shop. I was brought up in that in that business, and um, you know we had an overhead crane, but we were a busy shop, and I was the foreman, and you know so it was my job to, you know, to get jobs pushed through, and I, you know, maybe be somebody, you know, oh, well, what are you what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm what my worker would be like. Well, I'm waiting on the crane so I get that piece of angle, angle iron put it up on it the table and i was like hell with that crane get on that end i'll get on this end we're picking up a 900 pound piece of angle iron throwing it up on you know and i was bad about tearing up my body and i was uh, i go to the gym about three times a week nowadays and some of those young guys are like hey man come work out with us and i'm like are you out of your mind <laughs> uh, really uh, i mean no i do as low impact as i can you know yeah people's um, like i'm like running the last guy, yeah, no. the last guy that took off on foot on us, uh, I happened to be already on my motorcycle, and a, a uniform guy just said, "Hey, guy," and he was just going to tell him to pull his pants up, and the guy yeah. took off running. And uh, right. I happened to already be idling, and well, I guess uh, from where I work now, he didn't realize where I used to work, and uh. You should have seen his face when he turned around and looked and realized I was still behind him, even though he was running through people's yards. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yeah. and I just look at I'm like, I'm not going to get tired, but you are. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you are. Like, You're going to wear out yeah. eventually, but as long as I got gas, I'm good to go. So, yeah, yeah we, we caught him. Of course, this guy, you know, a couple weeks later, <laughs> we had another foot chase. You know, they caught the guy, and I looked at him, I was like, didn't we just chase you like two weeks ago? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I yeah. know, have you figured out that you're not really good at running? I mean, right. you might yeah. just want to yeah. stop. We've done caught you twice in two weeks. Yeah. Stop well, we, you know, we've got a few like that. They take off running. Uh, I remember one time we were on patrol. Uh, I was on patrol working midnights and, uh, guy takes off running and uh in one of our neighborhoods and i hadn't even got out of the car yet but you know yeah some people just ain't cut out for it because what does he does he do he he runs three and a half blocks down the road and he just followed and i'm like yeah i just followed him yeah i just followed him along and you know we went about two and a half blocks and he just gave up and laid down i ain't even started the car stopped the car yet he's laid on the ground in front of me and i'm like 
Now, so I get him handcuffed and got him put in the put in the car. And I said, man, I said, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, why did you stay on the road? And he said, because I don't know where I'm at, man. This ain't my neighborhood. <laughs> I didn't want to run through somebody's yard and not, not know where I was at. And I'm like, okay, well, it works for me. Well, where y'all at, it sounds like, well, of course, it's Texas for one thing, but it sounds like uh, y'all have a – a lot of community support towards the police. It's not a, we do. one of them big, you know, F-12, A-cab. I mean, you're going to have it. Everybody gets it. Yeah. But it's not like as bad as some of these other areas. We definitely have a lot of community support in Belmont. We do get the – I mean, social media makes it super easy because anybody can sit behind a keyboard and, you know, talk trash from their mommy's basement. But for the most part, like, at – you know, in the city, and like people are always bringing stuff up to the station. I oh, mean, yeah. they yeah. provide lunch for the officers. They be careful with the brownies. Program. Just, just <laughs> saying. Yeah, <laughs> like, we haven't had any issues yet, so hopefully. But yeah, I mean, we just like any other agency, we've had our fair share of you know the cool kids who try to record or some video, some YouTube video that gets out where you know it shows three seconds of you know something that doesn't look that great but nothing else for context and we'll you know our facebook will get blown up from you know people who aren't even from here but we really have a lot of great community support well that's another good thing about having a pio that is uh i mean you know i pick at her about it but mom is always saying how she's the beloved cop you know everybody talks about Haley morrow but it, it, in all seriousness, she is, she does represent our department, and you could you'd be surprised how many people, uh, or how few of people will get out there and they'll start bashing uh, her or bashing our department, and then because of her connection with the public, the she don't have to run to the defense. The public will actually go out there and be like, "Hey, you need to like shut your pie hole." Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I started the Facebook page, too, was because, you know, I can kind of get away with a little bit more of saying things like people know if it's coming from me, it's official. It's just as much as it's coming from Beaumont Police. I mean, I run the Beaumont Police Facebook page, too. Uh, There's a couple of us that have access to it and do that. But, you know, there are things that like the police department officially is they're not going to address. One of the things when I created this Facebook page a year ago at, at, at the fair was because of this, this chick made this Facebook post about her kid being abducted by a carnival worker. Oh, yeah. And it was this big debacle. Of course, it got shared and went viral locally. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Because, you know, the news or anybody, people just share it. If it's on Facebook, they share it. And, uh, of course, the news media started reaching out to me. Well, we have no, and I was working it, um, we had no record of what she was posting. And, you know, the first question I always ask the news media when they come with a, an inquiry about something is, okay, is a police has a police report been filed? That needs to be the first question you ask this potential person that you're going to interview. Has a police report been filed? Because if a police report hasn't been filed... Uh, we don't know about it. We can't investigate it. We need to have a complainant. And so I start, I reach out to this chick. I start doing my own 
you know, digging to find out the radio traffic. If we have, because we have a ton of lost kids at the fair. They're not abductions. There is a bunch of lights and a bunch of people around and little kids wander off. And that's why we have a bunch of officers out there and a, a lost kids booth. Uh, the YMBL pays a lot of money for that to be a secure place that people can come and have fun. And we want to make sure that there's not a bunch of misinformation going out there like a carnival worker's abducting a kid. So we don't, as a police department, you know, as a PIO for the department, that's not something that we're going to address, right? We're not going to, if we were constantly addressing Facebook posts, uh, we would be drowning in it. So, mm-hmm. but I took it upon myself to investigate it. To look, I mean, we literally looked into oh, it. We went over to the ride that she claimed he got pulled off of the back of, tried to see if there was a trap door. I mean, we're, I'm talking above and beyond to dispute this. I talked to her on the phone. She's sticking to her story. She, well, ma'am, you really need to come in and file a police report so we can really investigate this. She blows us off twice. She's a no-show, whatever. Okay, so it's baloney. The kid got separated and whatever. Well, let me, what it turned into, it ended up making it all the way up to our upper echelon, our administration, that we had possibly had this abduction. And Haley was not going to let that, because we the, the, we do have the most secure fair uh, that I've ever known of. There's a police officer at every single, the only way you could get a kid out of that fair is if you dug a tunnel under the fence <laughs> Or you're able to get you and the kid over an eight, seriously, eight foot high fence that's got barbed wire at the top. Of it. Well, I mean, there's, look, but, that's but otherwise, you couldn't get a kid out of that fair without our knowledge. And Haley spent two or three days on that. Well, I wrote up a whole narrative and, about uh, it. I just wanted that. So that's where uh, what I was, I said all that to say that. With the Haley Morrow public figure, I hate, you know, everybody gives me a hard time. A lot of the guys at work give me a hard time. Oh, you're the face of the department. Oh, you're, it is a literal joke between the chief. Every time he sees me, he's like, oh, there's the face. It's a joke. But I don't necessarily, I mean, I laugh it off. It's whatever. It doesn't hurt my feelings or anything. But I just wish that people realized that it's not me. It's not about self-promotion about Haley Morrow, this public figure that is a beloved officer for in Beaumont, Texas. That is not the goal at all. The goal is to humanize the badge. I, every now and then I make, um, you know, I make pretty long little sentimental posts or whatever you want to call them about. I I did one on April 15th of 2020 and it was a, a child drowning at our event center, which happened to also be the day that, my first blood niece was born and how that kind of affected me. Not, um, not because I was the officer that jumped into the water and heroically tried to save that child because we had two officers that did that. Um, but just to try to humanize what that, you know, we're people too, and we're affected by things too. And, uh, I just, uh, did, I did a post earlier this year about the Uvalde shooting and it was a post about us around the dinner table, which, uh, sparked uh, somebody that I know locally who is a host on a TV show for a local church wanted to interview me. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm always humbled by anyone who wants to, you know, have us on a podcast or whatever, but I just want to always make sure that people realize it's not about me and I'm not trying to promote myself. I want, I am just in a position where I have a platform that I can represent the badge in a positive light. And so I hope that that just touches 
somebody and makes them realize that, you know, there really are a lot of great officers out there and they're human too. And, and truly she has my heart because when I went to work here, um, you know, that was, I didn't like the stigma or a brand that had been put on cops. Um, you know, so that's part of my, my class when we have that citizens police Academy is, uh, I, I started off years ago. I, I started off teaching what's called patrol procedures, what cops do at nighttime. And it was an hour long class, <clears throat> but over the years I changed my course and, uh, which it's still patrol procedures. Cause I was a patrolman for, you know, for 11 years before I became a motor cop. And, um, uh, but it's also the, the it's it's titled patrol procedures and cops are people too, and um, you know because I, I I don't like the idea that uh, cops are robots and we're built on an assembly line. Um, I mean I can just imagine how many uh, how many funerals you've escorted, how many cop funerals you know cop funerals you've escorted. I know I've <clears throat> been to and escorted by share of them, you know, and uh, and you know. What I, I really hate is people don't understand that that, you know, cops have feelings, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we hurt, we cry, uh, we bleed just like everybody else. You know, the only difference between us and them is, uh, uh, you know, we, we went to a class where we were educated and we were trained uh, to do what we do. And uh, that's the only difference, because that really is the only difference between us and the public is we went to a class that was that was put on by the state that educated us and trained us to carry a, a, a gun and and uh, and enforce law. Um, that's it. That's the only difference. Uh, and I, I say the only thing and we have a heart to do what we do, you know, because uh, people forget. I really think people forget, um, you know, like the Boston bombing, um, you know, you can sit and watch the videos. And when those two bombs went off, uh, you can watch hundreds of people that are running away from the, the blast. But you see a bunch of guys wearing uniforms running towards it. Mm-hmm. You know, what what possesses a man or a woman to do that? And uh, I truly believe it's something that's 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 instilled in them, and you know, by 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 God, I really believe that. That's something that's put in their heart by God. And uh, imagine what this world would be like, um, you know, if if, if there weren't, if there weren't people guys out there doing it, you know? um, and girls, and girls. I mean, I, no, I mean, no, guys I'm kidding, as, I'm as, as a whole. Uh, but oh, the, the public <laughs> forgets that, you know, the public really forgets that. And, you know, these these uh, <clears throat> these northeastern and, and western states that are having problems with, uh, you know, uh, defund the police, um, you know, it's not it's not the people who live out in the neighborhoods like you were talking about that are wanting to defund the police. Nope. It's they want not more them. cops. <laughs> they want more cops. You know, uh, it's politicians and uh, it's politicians, social justice warriors, right? Who don't need law enforcement, who live in a 
a, a secure enough neighborhood that they don't need law enforcement. They just want to have a stage to stand on and talk. Um, Can afford but, private security. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're the ones who don't, I don't guess, really care. I guess because uh, I, 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 you know, doing this and stuff, I, I read a lot of new stuff and watch. I mean, I'm constantly, you know, looking for material and stuff like that. And uh, I guess it, it's hard, uh, maybe for y'all too, uh, also, because, you know, I'm in Louisiana, y'all right next door in Texas, and, you know, we're both basically in red states. And uh, I see a lot of this stuff that goes on up north, and I'm like, I couldn't even imagine, you know. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, uh, no. I was like, I, I, you know, some most apartments down here wouldn't even allow that. They were like, no, they would shut that down, like right away. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I mean, I know there. You know, you always have a few. You know, there we call them the silent. Well, not the silent majority, but the loud minority. Yeah, the, the <laughs> they're small not silent. People who are the loudest. <laughs> Uh, the silent majority is the supporters, but I I don't think anybody ever really had a uh, not anybody in a position to do anything about it. Anyways, had a idea to want to defund or anything like that, but that would not happen here. I mean, and and I did get asked that question when I filmed that uh, episode for the show that's going to air in the middle of June last year. It was a a, a surprise question that wasn't on the the list of questions that I was ah, prepared tried, for, which I did, can, did she hey, try I can talk to, off she, the cuff all the time. Did she try to get you? She tried to get you one of them aha uh, moments. No, I don't think so. I think that it's truly a question that a lot of people are curious about. Um, but I don't need to. Nobody has to. You didn't provide us with any questions. Nobody has to provide me with questions. I could talk easily off the cuff about anything, and I'm an open book and. But the whole defund thing, I mean, my my response to people when they bring that up is just like, wouldn't you want the best trained police department that you could possibly afford? I mean, wouldn't you want the the most well-paid, well-trained, funded in all the ways officers? Because that's going to be the better. I mean, we all know that poor funding means poor performance. Yep. So. That's the complete opposite of what you're trying to go for. And right now, a lot of these departments, uh, well, the department I work for has zero openings because I work for sheriff's office, believe it or not, that my sheriff I work for and, uh, takes care of us very well, and uh, he takes care of his people. Uh, I've worked for four, <laughs> I've worked for four different sheriffs, and I've never worked for a man that, that cares as much about his employees. I'll put it that right. way. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with some good guys, but never to this extent. But uh, a lot of people. Well, that's saying a lot because right now everyone's hurting for people. A lot of people like still because I'm like I'm still full time. You know, my hardest part yeah. doing the podcast is getting people to come on, retired or not, because of social media policies. You know, you know I understand. Well, I mean, I, when people say I, well, I can, I mean, I totally understand. Uh, so I am one of the lucky ones that is allowed to do it. Because if not, you know, I wouldn't do it because I got, I mean, I've been doing it too long. I just can't say, well, I'm just going to quit and go do something else. Not, you know, I can see the finish line right there. I like to cross yeah. it. So I am one of the lucky ones. And uh, it sounds like y'all are too with y'all's chief and stuff. But it seems like the people in Beaumont 
pretty damn lucky for the police force they have out there, it sounds like to me. Uh, to tell you the truth, I think, seriously, I think we have a, a fantastic police force. I really do. Uh, you know, uh, we have a hiccup every once in a while. Uh, well, you know, every past day. history will show that. Well, we're dealing with humans again. Yeah, everybody, every, every, they, there's no perfect people out there. Like I said, in, in cops or people tell me, so, and everybody's like, oh, that, this bad cop did this or that. It's like, yeah, but I think it's less than 1% of total interaction from the millions that are happened every year oh, yeah. that are bad. Yeah. That's the only ones they highlight. Yeah. Well, a lot of people ask me, I say a lot of people, we all got asked about the, uh, oh, what was the, uh, oh, the guy on the neck. George Floyd. George Floyd incident, you know. And, you know, that's one thing I, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'm willing to tell anybody. The last the last 12 people that that guy uh, wanted on his jury was 12 good cops because uh, because 12 good cops uh, would have would have asked for a death sentence uh, to, to do to do that. And uh, what was that cop's name? I forget. Um, Chauvin Chauvin Derek Chauvin yeah the last thing he wanted on his jury was 12 good cops well my Um, thing with that was my first thing was is you got him in the car why did you take him back out the car roll the roll the windows down you have medical coming stand there and talk to him while he's doing it but you had him in the car there was no reason to take him out of the car, and like I said, yep. that that so that right there was the first thing. Uh, yeah, there was no reason to leave somebody in that position that long. Uh, I believe it was a combination yeah. of drugs and every the, the whole situation combined. But there was no reason you 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 had four you had four cops there. Once you had, he was already handcuffed. Just sit him on his butt on the curb. Anyway, but. Once you got him in the car, there was no reason to take him out of the take car. <laughs> yep. yep. You know, uh, that's what I mean. Uh, good cops know that. And uh, that that got out of hand, and I think that was... Uh, I think that was a lot uh, of his his ego got to him with all the people saying, oh, stop doing this. And he's like, oh, they're not going to tell me what to do. Right, so, yeah. But, well, you know, so, Yeah. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's. I've had to make. I mean, I'm sure you you've had. You, every, we all have. This got a badge on it. You know, we've had. We got to make split second decisions. Knock on wood. Absolutely. Knock on Absolutely. wood. I've never had to yeah. pull the trigger on a, a human being in a, the line of duty. Have I mean? I'm sure you have. Just like I have. It has been out pointed at people, and you know, I've gotten Many very. Times. I've gotten very very close, and uh. Many times, and but um, I hope. And I tell everybody, I say, I hope I, if I can retire, I got three more years. If I can retire and never have to take another human life, that'll be one of my biggest, you know, accomplishments for Absolutely. you know my whole career. And I try to explain that to people. I'm like, cops don't. They might have one or two out there, but most cops don't get up put their uniform and duty gear on and go out to work and say, all right, mm, how many people I'm going to shoot today? Right. No. Exactly. It's the last thing we want to do. 
So, well, and something I, I tell people too that, you know, cops, uh, law enforcement, not cops, but law enforcement is the only profession in the entire world. And it really is, if you think about it, we're the only profession in the, in the entire world where we're held to a higher standard as a whole rather than individuals. You know, you have a, you, you get a doctor. Uh, who tells you, and I, I teach this in my class, you get a doctor who tells you you have a bad kidney, we need to remove that kidney. And you wake up the next day and you find out the doctor removed the wrong kidney. Who do you blame and who do you sue? That doctor. You know, you have an electrician that wires a switch up in your house and the house burns down and the fire marshal says, well, somebody wired the switch up wrong. Who do you sue? the electricians, but you have a, a cop that goes out and does something stupid like that. And who does the public blame? They blame every cop in the nation. We're yeah. the only, we're the only profession that's held to a standard as a whole rather than individuals, because 99.9% .9 of us are out there putting our life on the line, trying to do the right thing for a public that we don't even know. Or a lot you of know, them don't even like us. But we yeah, still, but, but we'll still. I've been told somebody that before, in a parade. This girl, she's like, "I ain't shaking your hand." I'm like, "That's fine." I said, "But just know this, ma'am, you don't have to shake my hand or even like me. But if you need help, you call because I'm going to come to help you." Call me. So, right. <laughs> I mean, well, and I and and you know how many how many funerals have you been to where they quoted the scripture? Uh, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to take anything away from God. But where they quoted the scripture that uh, that uh, what is it? Greater love. Greater love hath no man than this that he laid down his life for a friend. You know, I, I love that scripture. It's a beautiful scripture. It really is. It's 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 wonderful and it's amazing. Uh, but it says but it says lay down their life for a friend. Cops go out there and lay down their lives for people they don't even know. It has nothing to do with friendship. It has to do with the calling. That's all it is. Uh, you know, how many times have cops died for people that they hadn't, haven't never even met? I'd be willing to lay down my life and without a thought for my family, my wife or my kids, for my family. But they're friends, you know, uh, but cops go out there and do it for perfect strangers. Military guys go out and do it for other people in other countries. Yep. Um, there's no higher calling. I really don't believe there is. There's there's no higher calling. Firemen, uh, all first responders, military guys go out there and put their lives on the line for perfect strangers. And uh, people forget that. They forget that. They really do. Oh, yeah, they do. It's like I said, it, most, most, not all, but most, the majority of all first responders are going to get out there and do it, and they don't, we don't want no reward that's how many times see you know the interview oh cops or firemen saves you know drowning kid or this and that and they're like well what happened i was just doing my job yeah yeah that's what you hear every no single reward. time i was just doing my job i don't want no notoriety you know uh, i don't want no notoriety I, you know uh just uh you know it's a calling uh you know i'll get i'll get by you know i'll get my reward later on you know? Catch you, your daughter. Look, like, look at her looking at her daddy like that. That's so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's yeah. really fortunate. She looks like her daddy, too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I don't know about that. We have the same nose. Uh, okay, we got kind of <laughs> sad, man. Let's get back on a happy note. Um, well, nothing sad about so, saying, hey, people, I, mm -hmm. I'm proud of what I do. 
You know, I'm very proud. I'm very proud. You know, I mean, I feel bad for some of these other people and the, some of these other states. You know, they almost got to hide what they do for a living. I'm not. I'm proud of what I do. My wife's proud of what I do. You know. Yeah. Hell, your whole family. You know, you got your. You know, almost your whole, everybody in your family's first responder. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm 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 proud of that, and uh, I'm sure there'll probably be more that you know take up the reins and in your uh, in your motorcycle cop on that. So I mean, you ought to be proud. Hey, <laughs> you know, motormen uh, motormen scare other cops. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, I got I got to ask about that one time, and I know you'll agree <laughs> with me. You no, know, no, uh, motor cops are really a, a a tighter a tighter group. You know, when we get together oh, at yeah. the uh, competitions, um, you know, you take two motor cops that are perfect strangers, and uh, by the end of the night at the uh, at the awards banquet, they'll be best friends. Yep. I do have to say, it is it is really cool to watch the motors. We did uh, we had our Blue Santa toy delivery Thursday evening. I, I posted some pictures today on that, but we we went to eighteen houses and dropped toys and it's a big like deal we have our blue santas dressed up and uh we do this big convoy of police vehicles and the the trailer with all the, the boxes of toys and stuff and you know i always love doing i mean being in a procession or an escort you know it's who doesn't like busting through red lights and doing lights and sirens <laughs> i mean it's fun but god it's so cool to watch the motor guys you know zipping in and out it makes me a little nervous but they're just so good at you know zipping in and out of traffic and the leapfrogging the bump and goes and yep. all that it's a blast. Yeah. So, well i think uh, next year you ought to wrap your motorcycle pink you know that yeah, that's that, not gonna happen that might be an idea not, that might be, no. not doing that no the pink police car is my thing don't try to steal it <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> See, got to be on top, man. Got to be on top. I try. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm the only one that's ever driven the pink police car for BPD, and well, it's just, fun. Like, well, it'd be a pink motorcycle. It's totally different. Well, um, no. yeah, that would be. No, let me tell you, no. And you could it is fun, play. You could play. I'm a Barbie girl yeah. over the loudspeaker. Right. It is fun yeah. to drive a pink police car, but. It by the end of the month, I'm ready for the wrap to go because I drive an unmarked car because I don't. I mean, I do respond to scenes. I go to all the homicides and fatalities and all that um, SWAT callouts, but I'm not a marked unit. I just need to have lights to be able to get you know where I need to go. So in October, with the pink wrap, from the day I get it till the day it comes off, I mean, there's no question about where I'm at, you know, <laughs> at all times. So by the end of it, I'm like ready to go. Back to black. So, yeah. anyways, uh, so our AirPods are going to die. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're we're a little over an hour. Uh, I appreciate. I think you are you still there? Are you still there? No, I, I can hear. You. Oh, her, her. Oh, AirPod died. I, I, I'm still working. Okay, I can hear. I can see you. Uh, I appreciate y'all coming on. Don't hang up yet, and uh, hopefully we'll get them back. We're going to close it out. Y'all go like and subscribe. Uh, Y'all know I always hang out on Wednesdays for the live shows. and uh, Right. We'll see, we'll see y'all in uh, a little while. Okay. Peace,